Hello and welcome to Renews, the weekly show brought to you from the editorial team at Trusted Reviews. I'm your host, John Porter, and together with the site's editor-in-chief, Evan Kiprios, we're going to discuss the biggest technology news of the week. So, hello to everyone currently watching us on YouTube, and welcome to everyone listening to us on the podcast version of the show, which you can find on iTunes, as well as all reputable podcast destinations on Thursdays. And we are live. So we've got a packed show coming up for you guys today. We're going to be talking the latest from Android Pie. We've also got a little feature on Facebook's recent AR games, uh, as well as EU looking into Apple's charges potentially before we get onto the main event, which is, of course, Apple's trillion-dollar valuation. We're going to benchmark it against the other trillion-dollar hopefuls, Amazon and, of course, Google, to work out if Amazon actually deserved it. So before we get into that, though, of course, Evan. How are you doing this week? I'm great, thank you. How are you, John? I'm doing very well. Thank Good. you very much. Uh, so first off, we've got Android Pie, which of course was officially released for the first time this week. It's been in beta for a while. Um, so Evan, what's the big feature? What's the reason people should be excited? Well, it's called Pie. We found that out for <laughs> well, a start. Finally, yeah, it was Android P for the longest time. For, for a long time. So yeah. it's Pie. I've got no idea what's Q gonna, what Q is going to be, because yeah. uh, there is nothing that starts with Q uh, in a uh, dessert fashion. No. So um, we'll, we'll have I mean, to see that. Like, really, even food is like pretty Q pretty, barren. Yeah. Like, quinoa, yeah. quiche. That, that would be the blandest <laughs> version of Android ever. Quinoa. Um, Android Pie, I mean, it's great. Uh, they're, it doesn't look like a massive update, yeah. but there are lots of nice little features that have been added, little tweaks to the design, so it's a bit more colorful, uh, like the settings. It kind of feels a little bit more contemporary, mm. like the sort of things you'll see maybe on um, the versions of Android, the, the, uh, the skins that other manufacturers yeah. put on. Because, um, of course, they're adopting Google's material design yeah. guidelines, which, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, Google has an entire website where they show off material design and of course, it being a design thing, this website is amazingly well designed. Oh, it's I haven't like, seen that. If, if you're into UI design, yep. then yeah, I give it a check. Um, awesome material's been out for a while now. It's I mm. think it's since Android 5.0. Oh, okay. So, so um, but it's, it's kind of you know developing developing that more and more. Um, so things things I like a lot. Things like the gesture navigation now. So okay. kind of getting rid a bit of those sort of old school soft buttons, the back buttons, and instead mm. using gestures. So the uh, Vivo Next, which I reviewed a couple of weeks ago, yeah. used that, and I, I really like it. It doesn't take any of the screen. It kind of takes you a few days to get used to it, yeah. but as soon as you do, it's like really slick and really easy. So this is stuff like instead of like pressing the home button, you kind of swipe up from the bottom of the exactly, screen. So yeah. it's like it's really iPhone 10 style in a lot of ways. It is, but in a way it's slightly better because some, some of the things that annoy me about the iPhone 10 is that you have to swipe from the top for some gestures and it's quite okay. hard to reach the top, particularly yeah. on some of the larger Android phones as well. So I think that's really nice. Um, sharing screen, screenshots might not sound like the most okay. exciting thing in the world, but whenever you'd have to do it before, you'd have to go into your camera roll Yes. Or your screenshots yeah, yeah, yeah. there, and then kind of select it. Now a little pop-up appears that says, "What do you want to do with this screenshot? Mm. You've just taken it. Do you want to just save it, or do you want to send it to someone?" I mean, that makes sense. It's like it's rare that you're saving a screenshot for later use. You want yeah. to use it like then and there. Exactly. So it's like, and I mean, the, like from looking at things, um, it looks like Google really understands how people like to use Android these days. And so there are a lot of like really small tweaks that just look like really clever pieces mm -hmm. of design. So what one that kind of jumped out to me was a little screen rotation button. So previously you have like a swipe down and then you can kind of like toggle on or toggle off screen rotation. 
teleportation. Uh, but now it'll just like intelligently go like you turn the screen and then just a little button will appear uh, in that kind of like gesture bar area saying like, do you want to lock it? Do you want not want to lock it? Yep. And it just, it makes way more sense because like you rarely want to go like, oh, I never want my screen to rotate and I always want my screen to rotate. It yeah. depends on what you're doing. So having a button there makes perfect sense. I think it's similar with app actions. So yeah. uh, you were able to kind of long press an app to get some of key actions kind of appearing there. But now instead of that, no one's really using that. And I never use 3D Touch on, a, on an mm. iPhone. I don't know who does to kind of get more, more app uh, actions. But what you could do now is it, it kind of intelligently figures out what you might want because you use it most so, I don't know, if it's an activity on Google Fit or it's the last episode of a podcast. So yeah. rather than having to go into the app, it will just press that shortcut and off you go straight away into it. You mentioned intelligence there. Uh, when Google announced Android P at Google I.O. earlier this year, they were really keen to kind of emphasize all of the AI stuff they're doing, all of the machine learning stuff. So can you talk a little bit more about what sort of uh, effects that's having? Well, they showed some that, that really impressive um, uh, a Google Assistant yeah. voice call. Um, that that hasn't really been been showcased yet. Uh, there's a couple of other things. So there's the indoor mapping stuff, mm -hmm. um, which basically will start triangulating your position indoors using uh, different Wi-Fi signals. So it'll be much more accurate. Which for me, I, I go to a lot of uh, conferences, conference centres yeah. that are massive. You can really easily get lost, and maps is of no use in that situation. Now it suddenly will be. Um, however, that's not out yet, yeah. quite yet. And and there's there's a few things like that where it kind of feels a little bit like this is a halfway house. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that were shown that aren't yet here. So uh, the usage monitor as well, mm. uh, where this, this kind of lets you limit how much time you spend on things like gaming on your phone and social media apps. That was supposed to be out uh, this uh, with with the version of Android Pie, but it looks like it's going to come out a bit later. So that was part of the uh, the kind of like quality of life. Uh, yeah. What, what did Google call it? it? It was a like you know wellness type stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then along with like better kind of notification handling. Yeah. Uh, so it looks yeah. like if you're kind of like continually like dismissing notifications from one app, then eventually it like Android Pie is intelligent enough to say oh, you seem to not really care what this app is doing. Do you want to maybe disable notifications for that? And then similarly, uh, if you're kind of like dismissing a bunch of notifications, but you can't remember which app it was that was generating all of them, there's now a specific screen you can go into so you can see which apps pinged you most yeah. recently. So you can go like, oh, hey, the like Heathrow app is like pinging me constantly. Let's just disable that one. So it just looks like it's a clever, I mean, you know, like and they they say they want you to use look at your phone less. I a cynic might say like ah oh, like do we really want that? But it does look like they're kind of following through. I, I think there's you know there's, there's a lot of backlash uh, against particularly the amount of uh, time children spend on their phones. Yeah. You've seen in uh, France now they've they've banned uh, uh, phones in schools. So that that intelligence I think is is interesting. I think the it also comes into the adaptive battery and performance. Mm. So now. You know, you've got a phone for a year, it starts getting really slow, yeah. the battery starts starts getting sapped. It's because you've got loads and loads of apps with loads and loads of background processes. Mm. Now, if there are apps doing that that you don't really use, Google's going to kind of, Android is, Pi is going to start dismissing them and kind of putting them down lower on the pecking order so they're not taking away your battery. Taking we down. haven't tested it yet. Taking them, them down. Back. Taking them out. <laughs> exactly. See um, you later. So the, the final thing. Uh, the final issue, really, with Android Pie that's probably worth discussing is like whether you guys are actually going to get this update. <laughs> yeah. um, and we kind of we're very aware of this because Apple like never misses an opportunity to talk about how bad it is for Android. So, on stage at WWDC earlier this year, which is Apple's big developer conference, similar to Google I/O, uh, Apple went up on stage 
and said, uh, oh, hey, uh, so iOS 11 is used by so many like uh, iPhone devices, sorry, iOS devices even, uh, and Android, so apparently, according to Google at least, less than 5% of Android devices uh, were on Oreo, which is was the most recent yeah. version of Android as of June 2018. And of those, no, sorry, and then overall, less than 1% were on the most recent version of Oreo. So um, who, who's kind of confirmed that they're going to be supporting Android Pie? So uh, Google, obviously. Uh, so the Pixel phones, uh, you can get it today. The Essential phone, strange, it's got it mm. as well. Uh, we've got, I think, confirmation from the Mo uh, Motorola for the Moto G6 yes. range. Which is very good for a budget um, phone. Which is great. I mean, it, because they pretty much use stock Android, so there's only a few tweaks to some mm. of the features. So again, that makes it really easy for those manufacturers. Um, problem, there's always been a problem with fragmentation yeah. on Android. You know, you've got a, a three-year-old iPhone and you've got the later software, but you might have a two-year-old um, Android device and never have the later software, which, yeah. is, which is a bit of a... Like, it's, especially when it's Android Pie and like yeah. there's a big focus on making it less resource intensive and more intelligent. Uh, we've got a question in the chat from Karan Chowdhury who asks, have you noticed any significant changes to battery life yet, although he concedes it will probably take a little while for it to learn your usage patterns. Yeah, we, we haven't yet. Um, we we are looking at it. Um, we only started, we've kind of started with the beta as well, so we're, we're looking at whether there are optimizations in the final version, so we're, we're testing that now. Uh, we, we've kind of, we're kind of not saying yet what we're finding because we haven't really seen any difference whatsoever. As you say, it might well be that it needs to learn uh, behaviors before the battery starts getting better. Cool, but uh, we're, we're gonna do like a full review, full Absolutely, test. Absolutely, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the next section, we've got Facebook's augmented reality games. So my first introduction to this, I was sitting in the office earlier today, just kind of going with work, you know, good worker, that's, that's me. And uh, I suddenly hear Evan piping up from the corner, uh, kind of giggling to himself and staring at his phone and then kind of like moving his face around, uh, doing something which I think, I, th I hope at least, was something to do with this with this Facebook augmented uh, reality I, game. I was looking at your Facebook prop. No, I wasn't. <laughs> um, uh, I had a little spaceship on my nose, actually, right. uh, that I was avoiding asteroids with. So basically, Facebook Messenger become really, really popular um, over the last couple of years, has grown massively uh, as a as the video calling kind of yeah. of choice. Um, it's got these things called filters, you know, Snapchat filters, mm. it kind of piggybacked off that and, and it's got loads of those. And now it's launched these things called AR games. So there's two to start with. One of them is called Don't Smile, uh, which actually is quite good fun because you're sitting there with a mate uh, looking at it and the first one to smile loses. Uh, and when they do smile, the, the kind of augmented reality sort of makes their smile massive, right. like a really, scary grin kind of thing um, and and basically you try and uh, make the other person laugh which I was doing with maybe some gestures that weren't necessarily work appropriate um, <laughs> there are more games coming cool. um, you know it's kind of just a, a neat little thing yeah, rather like, than a game changer so, so, so I particularly like don't, don't smile because we kind of had this with Snapchat we have certain filters where like if you open your mouth and like a dog's yeah. tongue comes out or like a rain, rainbow vomit comes out um, so like the, <laughs> <My favorite>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the asteroid like making it avoid the, the asteroids as they come down so that just kind of feel that feels very simple it 
Yeah. But like building on that like facial recognition technology to kind of do a like don't smile or like presumably they could do a like don't frown or like don't like that sort of thing feels like it's made for augmented reality and it, it seems like quite inventive and potentially quite cool. It, it, it's, it's a fun little thing, you know. Yeah. You know, if you're having a boring conversation with someone, it's a nice <laughs> thing to turn on and kind of go, hey, let's reinvigorate this this chat a little bit. Um, you know, it's not going to uh, scare Magic Leap or someone yeah. like that with their augmented reality games. It's it's a very small little curio. Something that yeah. you'll, you'll spend a, a few minutes on, uh, but it's fun nonetheless. Cool. Is that uh, available now? It is available now, yeah, as of about two o'clock today. Cool. Yes. And I imagine, like all the Facebook stuff, it's completely free if you it, have the Messenger app. It's completely free. You need the Messenger app either on Android or iOS, uh, and you need the latest version of uh, Facebook Messenger. Cool. Uh, and the third little news story we're going to be talking about is a recent quote from the president, no, sorry, the EU uh, competition commissioner, uh, who you might remember from that massive fine that was levied against Google a couple of weeks ago. So when she talks, tech firms should listen, uh, basically talking about how uh, the EU's efforts to kind of harmonize phone charging standards, uh, she's not really satisfied that enough, that satisfactory progress has been made. Um, so from looking at this, she doesn't call out Apple by name. We should definitely like make sure we should say that. Um, but it's, but. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't take an idiot to notice that most Android phones these days are like happily harmonized and using USB-C and that's all great. And it's mainly Apple that's yep. sitting there going, you know what, we're going to use Lightning because we like to be different. Um, so Evan, do you think it would be a good idea for Apple to switch to USB-C? It's a really tricky one, this. I hate <laughs> the cables that Apple provide. I've got one here, a frayed, horrible one. I'm scared it's going to electrocute me. Yep. Um, however, when Lightning came out, it was it, it moved all chargers forward. I don't think we'd have USB-C now if we didn't have Lightning, the reversible connector that right. kind of changed, moved things forward. So there's maybe a slight question mark around will this stifle innovation, right? Will will this stop companies, tech companies, kind of producing something that's fantastic, that's new? Um, on the other hand, there's a really big overhead with uh, for, for the environment, for the planet. Mm. You've got loads of these chargers, you throw them away, um, you get a new phone, okay, right, what am I going to do with all my old USB, um, uh, micro USB chargers, mm. all of this sort of stuff. So, so there is an overhead there, and it will be good to kind of, kind of bring those together. Um, but there might be an impact on innovation. Yeah, I'm, I'm really conflicted about this as well. I, you know, whenever I go on business trips or whatever, um, you want to carry as little as possible. Mm. So normally that means phone, laptop, and I'll take a Nintendo Switch with me as well for the plane and stuff. Um, and it would be great if just all of them used USB-C. I mean, if I had, I don't have a MacBook that has the USB-C connector, but mm. that would be ideal if I could just take one charger, just charge all three and not have to worry about it. Firstly, you should always be working. No, even on the plane. Noted. Um, secondly, <laughs> that, I think that's where Apple doesn't have a leg to stand on because it's using USB-C in a lot of its products. Mm. Um, so if that's the case, why doesn't the iPad and the iPhone have it? You know, it, it clearly can use that technology and does use that technology. True. But because USB-C is this massive open standard, the companies producing USB-C cables aren't held to the sort of same high standards that Apple holds uh, its MFI or made for iPhone certification to. So if you buy an, an, a Lightning cable that's MFI certified, you know that Apple's looked at it and gone like, yep, yeah, it's got all the safety features it needs, it's going to do the correct power delivery, it's, it's going to do all this sort of stuff. I've never bought an MFI Lightning cable that's like, I mean, I appreciate... Yeah, but you can buy loads and loads and loads that aren't yeah, certified. You can, you can buy those, but... 
At least Apple's like trying. Yeah, but there could be a certification for for USB-C cables as well. There's no reason not to be if there's a if if everyone works together. So yeah, that's that's true. I just I think I really like the fact that Apple's held Lightning to a, to a high enough standard that if you bought like an iPhone five uh, like six years ago, yeah. you could use that same cable today. No, you can't because it will have fallen apart. Well, like if it's you just rubbish. took care of your cables better, Evan, or you buy that like that cool like uh, pop, not polystyrene stuff. I, did, like, I have used that before actually. Yeah, yeah it's quite nice. A little like plasticine. Yes. Yeah, right. and then well, uh, I used it to fix my toaster recently. That's. Um, um, Almost as riveting as your conversation about Euro Simulator. Euro Truck Simulator yes, 2, and thank you very much. Uh, we've got another <laughs> question from Karan Chowdhury, who's asked, and this is in relation to the previous fine about uh, Chrome being, no, Chrome and Google Search being bundled mm -hmm. into Android. Uh, and he's asked, how is it okay for Apple to have Safari as the default on iOS, but Microsoft had to pay a fine for putting Internet Explorer as a default uh, on Windows back in the day? So a, a lot of this has to do with, um, with how big a market share you've got. And Microsoft was and still is the dominant force, and Windows is the dominant um, operating system. Mm. Uh, therefore, it has market dominance. And therefore, when it does something like that, it can really influence the rest of the, rest of the market. Apple doesn't. Um, so I think we were talking about this the, the other week when we were talking about the Google uh, fine. It's only about 20, 25% of, of the market uses iOS. Um, that's that's kind of too small. If they had market dominance, then I th I'm sure the EU would be looking at them for the same reasons as well. That's a really good point. I think it's also probably worth bearing in mind that a lot of the EU's problem with, with Google kind of packing in Chrome and stuff is that it wasn't that Google was doing it with its own devices, like Apple yeah. has its own devices, um, but yes. it, it was forcing other companies to bundle in these apps, and it was withholding the Google Play Store uh, if, if they yeah. didn't kind of do what Google wanted. Yeah. So I think the EU kind of looks at Apple and goes like, okay, you're doing what you want with your own devices and that's more or less okay, although this lightning, we'll see what happens with this lightning uh, connector um, debate. Um, but I think the moment Google is going like, not only are we gonna do it this way, but we're gonna kind of force everyone to yeah. do it our way as well. Yeah. That is, I, I think, another instance where the EU Competition Commission kind of steps in and goes like, okay, guys, okay. Um, before we move on to the next section, we've got a, a question from Hassan AK, uh, piggybacking off the Android Pie discussion, who's asked, do you know when a OnePlus 6 will get Android Pie, if at all? You can, I believe, get the beta okay. now. Um, so it's very probable that it will be coming um, yeah. quite soon. Yeah, and yeah, no, I'm not sure on the exact date, but OnePlus have definitely been like very clear yeah. that they intend to support Android Pie. In fact, I believe they've said they're going to support Android Pie for their older devices as well. So if you have a OnePlus 5 or 5T, uh, we should have a list of compatible Android Pie devices on the site, though, so you can check that out. Yeah, there'll uh, be something on the site tomorrow with all the devices and when they're going to come out. Awesome. Uh, so we're going to move into our main section for the show now, which is, of course, Apple mm -hmm. becoming the world's first, like literally in history ever, uh, company to be valued at a trillion dollars, which, if I understand correctly, means that the total value of all their shares adds up to over a trillion? Yes, that's right, yeah. Cool. Um, a lot of zeros. A lot of zeros. It's, it's a lot. I mean, I have to like constantly double check, because it, basically it's a thousand billion, right? Yeah, something like that. A thousand I don't know. There's so many zeros that... Yeah, it's almost not worth worrying about. Yeah. It, 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 like Apple can almost just stop running that race now. They can just go like, all right, guys. Um, so, but the question we're going to ask is, did Apple deserve it? So at the beginning of the year, there were a lot of think pieces written uh, saying that 
either uh, Amazon, Apple, or Alphabet, which is the yep. company that technically owns Google, uh, were probably going to reach a trillion a trillion dollar valuation before the end of the year. So the race was kind of on at that point. Apple's done it first. So we're going to ask like. Did it deserve to win? And you can get into a lot of debates here with, you know, like which has the better company structure and who, like, like those kind of behind the scenes sort of things. But we know you guys don't really care about that. So we're just going to talk about it in terms of products. Like who has made the best products? And we're going to go through five different categories. So let's start with one that I, I don't know, actually, it, it could go either way, but it is, of course, phones. Who makes the best phones out of Amazon, Apple, it's got to be Amazon. I mean, Amazon, that, that <laughs> Fire Phone, what a success. Um, no, I mean, oh, this is, this is, I've got to go Amazon so I don't get lynched by yeah. either uh, one group of uh, <laughs> fanboys or the other. No, I think, um, it, you know, the Amazon Fire Phone, what a failure. Uh, when was it released? Was it 2014? 15, 14, 15, yes. I, 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 and obviously no, one, no one's using it anymore. Yeah. Um, I saw a, my favourite my favorite review on uh, Amazon for the phone was titled, I'm going to start selling phones too. I have some old bricks in the garden. <laughs> so that, that's kind of the, uh, what, what, uh, how, how good they work. Now, between oh, Google Google and Apple in terms of phones, uh, I've got to say just the sheer choice you get uh, with Apple, I'm joking, with, uh, <laughs> with Android phones just gives you so much more yeah. to play with. So it, it's, it's got to be that. But if we're just talking about the Pixel and the iPhone, oh, it's very close. Very I, close. I know, like both of them, both have really good cameras. Like yeah. both have really lovely screens. Um, like the the Pixel is kind of cheaper. I like. I, I, yeah. I, I've kind of I've been having this internal dilemma myself because I, I do need to upgrade my phone, and I know that we've got new iPhones in a month, new Pixels in two months. I think I'm leaning towards a Pixel three at this point, just because of that bang for the buck equation? It, yeah, I mean, and, and the camera is just phenomenal. You know, the, actually, the yeah. photos it, it manages to produce with the software is just phenomenal. Um, so, yes, we've got, uh, so that, that's phones. So I think we're kind of coming down maybe on on Google's side. Yes, maybe, let's say Google, yeah. Okay. Uh, but moving on to tablets, uh, it's another, well, it's a more close fight, actually, because Amazon kind of has uh, a horse in this race with the, with the Fire HD lineup. It's got a few, yeah, it's got a few tablets, uh, which I've reviewed a number of, and I don't much no. like. Well, the thing is, Amazon really, if you know, if you, think, if you think Apple locks its ecosystem down, Amazon does so even more. So uh, you've got the Silk web browser, which is just atrocious. Yeah. You've got the Amazon App Store, which kind of has half the apps that the Google Play Store does, and a lot of the time they're more expensive. Um, it's constantly trying to throw ads at you and stuff like that. So they're cheap for a reason. And yeah. actually, you know, they do a job. They're, they're quite decent in terms of devices, but I'm iPad do they, do, every day. Do those, do those tablets even have a YouTube app these days? Oh, that's I, a very good question, th th actually. There was a big, there was a big hoo-ha yeah. between Google and Amazon, definitely over the Fire TV, which we'll get onto in a second. I can't remember if they resolved well, it. it was... I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure. I haven't. I haven't used one in a while. It's well, not my preferred tablet. And, like, and they do like cool. Not cool. They do ruggedized ones. If you've got kids, they're going to drop them yeah. and stuff. Like yeah. I probably wouldn't give a child under the age of five like a modern iPad. You can get cases though. Yeah, it's you know, cases. Yeah. All right. So where so where do you stand on Android tablets versus uh, Apple oh, tablets? Just, yeah, iPad, iPad yeah. all the way. You know, I, I think Android hasn't yet developed into a 
uh, operating system that works that well on tablets and you know we're, we're waiting for Fuchsia to, to come out and yeah. hopefully that might bring some sort of convergence and make something that is that is really really good I do really like the you know Chromebooks yeah which are kind of you know they're, they're quite tablet you know, I've got one here yeah. obviously it's got it's it's more of a laptop than a, than a tablet but it's got a touch screen um, but yeah I mean the, the iPads way ahead you know it's dominating the market yeah, and there's it's definitely like there, there's a virtuous uh, virtuous cycle going on there with with the iPad. That there are loads of iPads out there, so loads of people make tablet optimized iOS apps, yeah. which means it sells more iPads. And whereas like Android, there's not that many apps that really make use of the big screens and no. stuff. And it's um, well, it it definitely it's 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 a it's a it's a sore spot yeah. when it comes to when it comes to Android Android devices. Uh, so moving into so I mean. Fairly conclusive win there for, for I Apple. Think, I think so, yeah. Oh, there there the, are good Android uh, Tab S4, uh, the Galaxy, Samsung Galaxy, yes. and that, that's very nice, but again, it's just, uh, I'd rather have an iPad. Okay. Uh, so moving into round three, we have, of course, you kind of uh, alluded to this uh, previously, we've got laptops and PCs. So our contenders are, we've got the MacBook 2018, which was very recently announced, uh, and then we've got the Pixelbook. Uh, which is a Chrome OS device from Google and a big old NA for Amazon because they haven't really gotten involved in, in the computing space. Yeah. So advantages and disadvantages of the MacBook, there's great hardware, it's got a really nice trackpad, but it's really, really expensive. And then the Pixelbook, it's got that really nice two-in-one mm -hmm. design, comes with a stylus, um, but Chrome OS, uh, depending no. on how you feel about it, no, maybe no, a little no, bit. No one wins here. No one wins here. It's got to yeah. be, you know, we haven't got Windows in here. We haven't got, yeah. you know, we haven't got uh, Microsoft uh, PCs and all of that ecosystem. And I think as soon as you, you know, we need to, we need to jump out of this one. If it's, if we have to choose, uh, probably, probably a MacBook still, because I still think that the Chrome OS needs more work yep. and it needs more apps. Yeah. Why do you hate MacBooks? I don't hate them. Yeah, I um, just prefer PCs. <laughs> <laughs> I know you I do like... so much more, and you know, there's, there's, uh, you get so much more for your money. You mm. can, uh, you can, the, the, the amount of apps, and also, I like gaming. I, yeah. and I like PC gaming, so you can't really do that on a Mac. That's fair enough. I, I think that the, the biggest thing for me that a MacBook has going for it is just that trackpad, which I've still not used a Windows device that has a trackpad that makes as much sense to me as as the MacBooks. So if I could get this trackpad, but with Windows 10, that would be lovely. Please, if someone could just solve that problem. Because as it stands, whenever I use a Windows tablet, I always use an external mouse. I, can, I just never find that trackpad yeah, You have to quite spend about four hours in the settings getting it exactly the way you want it. That, that's, that's Windows for you. <laughs> it just works, Evan. It just works. But getting into round four, is set-top boxes. So we have mm, three contenders yes. here. We've got the Apple TV 4K, which does have Dolby Vision support, and iTunes, which offers mm. 4K versions of movies, no extra cost, uh, but it relies a lot on Siri, and we all know that Siri is still, still not yeah. that great. Um, from Google, I don't know if you remember this one, the Nexus Player. I do, I do remember um, it, yeah. So the Nexus Player was kind of like an early Trojan horse for uh, Android TV. Uh, it has, of course, been discontinued now, it's, but future Android TV devices, and it's also built into a lot of TVs now. It's got yep. great Google app selection, um, even if it's maybe a little bit sluggish because mm -hmm. it's not quite designed for TV processors. And then finally, we've got the Amazon Fire TV, which I really like. It's got a lovely speedy interface. It's got Alexa support, even if Alexa only works with certain apps. Um, and the app selection is a little bit limited. Uh, I want to say that in the UK, you can't get Sky's Now TV app. 
Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I haven't checked this in a while. I can't quite remember. So, yeah, where do you where do you stand on the set top box? So I really like the Apple 4K TV. So after I reviewed it um, and and sent it back, I actually went and bought one um, because I, I I quite like it. I like the interface. Funnily enough, Siri is actually pretty good on okay. it uh, because you use it for navigation, you use it for finding stuff. Um, so is it because like you're using Siri for more limited amount of things? Yeah, so what it does you do just it's... press a button really as well okay. rather than it trying to understand you. So I, I quite like it. I think the other thing you mentioned was iTunes. If you have a movie library in iTunes, um, it automatically upgrades it to 4K when that movie is available in 4K. Now, I've gone through buying VHS to DVD to Blu-ray and I'm kind of sick of buying the same movie and spending the same money on, on the same movie over and over again. So iTunes has kind of solved that for me and I think that's a really, that's, that's quite a big um, selling point. But it's not cheap. You know, mm. the Amazon Fire TV, get it for, for next to nothing, especially on Prime Day and things like that. This is an issue I kind of have with all three devices and it's that if you have bought a, a 4K TV with HDR, yeah. especially if it's got mm -hmm. Dolby Vision, chances are it's got a built-in yeah. uh, interface that kind of does yep. a lot of what these devices offer. And like particularly like the Dolby Vision one, like I, I completely appreciate like Apple did a, a great job packing Dolby Vision support into a set-top box because there are surprisingly few out there that do it. But I think the reason why there are surprisingly few that bother to do that is because if you say buy an LG TV that supports Dolby Vision, it's got all the apps built in yeah, and they all support yeah. Dolby Vision. Um, and then uh, Sony's uh, flagship support Dolby Vision, and it's got Dolby Vision apps yeah. built in. And so it's, it's great that they've done that, but I just think the future is built in. You're, you're right, yeah, I think yeah. so as well. I, in, in which case you kind of go, let's go with something that solves uh, the problem now for not a lot of money. So I think Amazon wins that one. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Particularly like those fire sticks, what like yeah. thirty quid or so in the UK. Just plug it in. I bought one for my dad for Christmas one year, and he like went out and immediately bought another for like a little TV in like a side room and that sort of thing. It's it's a it's a really nice mm -hmm. um, it's a really nice little device. Even if I think Apple kind of oversells the Alexa integration a little bit, although they've got that upcoming kind of like Alexa Cube Fire thing, yes. which has only been announced for the states so far. But that's always listening, so yeah. that could potentially do like an Amazon Echo style thing. Uh, speaking of Amazon Echoes, though, round <laughs> five, five, yes, five, uh, smart speakers. So in this category, we've got the HomePod, which is Apple's entrant. Amazing sound, it's got HomeKit integration, but it relies on Siri. And uh, super expensive. You know, that's what every time we've spoken <laughs> about the Apple products, like, yeah, it's a bit overpriced, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and then from Google, we've, of course, got the Google Home, but then other Google alternatives are available. Uh, powered by Google, has got Google Assistant, uh, which is just Brilliant. a really good, Brilliant. Um, a really good voice uh, assistant. Um, but there's no skills. It's, it's basically what Google's got built in. And then finally, from Amazon, we've got the OG uh, smart speaker, the Amazon Echo, which has got plenty of skills. It's got loads of hardware options at this point. Some of them like very, very cheap. But then again, uh, Google has cheap options as well. Um, but none of them like have a really amazing sound quality. Yeah, yeah. Although it is built into a lot of speakers. So Alexa mm. is built into a lot of quite high quality speakers yeah. now, more than anything else, apart from the sound speaker that kind of has all of them. Um, if you if you buy a, a decent smart speaker from a from a third party manufacturer, it almost always comes with Alexa rather than Google Assistant or yeah. um, or Siri. I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. In insofar as at least 
the best smart speaker is the one that integrates with the ecosystem that you've mm. already got. You know, like, I can't imagine anyone yeah. having a house where they've got like an Echo speaker in one room and a Google Home in another room. Like, you're going to go, okay, we're going to be an Amazon house and we'll yeah. have Echoes everywhere, or we're going to be a Google house, in which case you'll have like Android TV, Google Home, yeah. all this sort of stuff. So. I, I'd have to say, like, I'd have Google and, and Amazon kind of drawing there, and then Apple kind of behind. And I think, like, if the HomePod was cheaper, I would be tempted to put that because it sounds so good. The, the, the HomePod sounds amazing. It like for, for its size, it's it's really really good. Um, but Siri is just makes me want to break things uh, quite often. I've got I've got a pair of HomePods uh, at home, um, which is another reason why I wanted the Apple TV, because I connect it to those and use those as stereo speakers for oh. my TV output, which is You have two HomePods? Nice. I've got two. They're, they're review oh. units. They're review. They will go back, unfortunately, right. at some point. Or editor-in-chief. Um, 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 and they sound great. Uh, I've also yeah, I've, I've used um, Google Home. Uh, a fair bit, and I've got um, a Echo Dot and an Echo as well. Um, and I, I really like the Echo. I think it's great. I think they've no one's really still touched them in terms of the market. You know, they've mm. kind of dominated for one, two years before anyone else came in. And they, I think it does a lot more than anyone else. But Google, I think, is catching up. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, comments before. I, before I think we're going to come down and maybe like pick the company that we'd yeah. have bet on. Uh, reaching trillion first. First off, we've got Hassan Ak, who says Google makes the best devices, whether it be phones for the Pixel, tablets, Chrome OS, or laptops, Chrome OS. Uh, I think I, I'm partial to agree with you on the phones. I just I don't know that I agree with you on on Google making good good tablets though. Well, I think Android tablets we talked about, Chrome OS tablets. Uh, they're, they're, there's, Chrome OS is just too limited. There's just not enough apps. When you look at the wealth of the um, iOS store of of the App Store, there's just so much there. And and it's not just about how good the device is. It's about what it can support, what runs on it, what apps what apps you can use. And and for that, I think I th it's got to be it's got to be the iPad App Store. Um, laptops, Chrome OS is great. Again, I'd kind of for, for a laptop, good for productivity. You know, what about if you want to play games? What about if you kind of want to do some more heavy, heavy video editing and things yeah. like that? There's still a lack of. Especially because that, that's a laptop that costs like a thousand pounds in the UK. Like yeah, you can buy cheap pounds? ones, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but something like like this, I think this is around six, seven hundred pounds. Yeah. The pixel book. Fair enough. Um, uh, next comment from Hanny, uh, who says, uh, talking about you liking gaming on a laptop. Come on, man, you can't game on a pixel book. Don't fool yourself. Yeah, I know. No, <laughs> I, I said that. I said we need to have Microsoft in this. We need yeah, to have Windows machines in here. Uh, yeah, we can't. Yes, obviously you can't. Well, there, there was a time back in the day when I think it was. Uh, do you remember that game Bastion uh, from yes. Supergiant Games? Yes. They did. I think release a Chrome OS version of that game. There, there you go. There was one game, yeah. or you could go to Miniclip and kind of play a bunch of Flash games or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're, not, you're right. You're not going to be gaming on a Pixelbook anytime soon. Um, and then we have a final comment from Karan who uh, asks, "What devices do you guys use, uh, like phone, laptop, desktop, uh, or gaming consoles?" Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So I. I'm a very much a Windows user at home, so I've got Windows laptop and a Windows uh, desktop uh, gaming gaming desktop, which I kind of upgrade every few years. Um, at work, we're all given MacBooks, so I've kind of had to start using a MacBook, which is kind of all right. I 
got a PlayStation, an Xbox, and some virtual reality headsets, and a Switch, and I don't play any of them because I've also got two young children. Um, so I'm waiting for them to leave the house and, and get 18 get and go to, to university. Yeah. And so I can just veg out and start playing games again. Nice. And in terms of phone? In terms of phone, uh, I, I, I switch regularly because of the nature of the job. At the moment, um, my work phone is an iPhone and I'm using the iPhone 10. But I'm also going to, I, I, I change regularly. So yeah. I've got, I want, I want to use a Note 8. Uh, a little bit just because the Note 9 is coming out and I want to remember what the Note 8 is like. So I'm going to do that. Fair enough. So uh, on, in terms of like what I use, uh, so phone, my personal phone is an iPhone SE. Um, and that's that's more just because I like the iOS ecosystem, uh, but I can't really afford one of the really high-end devices. So I have the SE because it's the cheaper one. So tiny hands. And, and tiny. I have, they're fine, Evan. Um, and then in terms of laptop, uh, like Evan, I've got, I've got my work laptop, which is a MacBook. Uh, I was given an option when I joined, though, whether I wanted a MacBook or a Windows machine. Uh, the reason I went for a MacBook um, is I've just found that in terms of like corporate machines, um, getting like a second-hand Windows machine, I've often found them to be just like really that they slow down a lot once yeah. once they're quite old. Whereas like MacBooks, like maybe the the peak performance isn't better, but just they kind of like they're very they're very standard mm. uh, and they don't seem to like age really badly. So if you're using like a work machine that maybe a couple of other people have used before you, I found that MacBooks are maybe a little yeah. bit more reliable. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, it was a desktop at home. Obviously, I've got a Windows PC. I've got like a nice Silverstone case with an Intel chip in it and an NVIDIA graphics card. Um, I mean, I could bore you by telling you what fans I have, but I don't think anyone we'll do really that wants another to day. We'll that. do another. We'll, let's do a PC gaming. <gasps> yes, we, we, we love PC gaming. Uh, well, with uh, NVIDIA's announcements coming yeah. up at the end of August, that might be a really good idea. Mm -hmm. um, and in games consoles, uh, I have a PS4 Pro. Uh, for myself, um, I did because I, I reviewed the Xbox One X. No, sorry, I uh, covered the Xbox One X when that was uh, when that was released last year. Um, and and I, I so I, I had a review one, but I had to go back. Um, I really liked it for what it was. Uh, I just find Sony's exclusives worth paying for. Yeah. So I really liked God of War early this yep. year. Um, and Forza Horizon Four looks good, but not quite. Like yeah. buying a new console, good. So yep. for now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a PlayStation I, guy. I kind of agree with that. I've got to say, I, I gave my Xbox One away because it hadn't turned on for about a year and a half, and I yeah. gave it to a mate. But yeah, um, maybe when Halo Halo Infinity comes out, I might consider picking up an Xbox. But we'll just see. Because I don't know. I think a lot of people seem to be in agreement that Halo has kind of lost its charm a little bit. Mm. Um, but to be honest, like all of my favorite games now are, are, are PC games. I play a lot of PUBG. Got back into Elite Dangerous, which is like really a PC game first and foremost. Um, that just feels like it's kind of where it's at. Yeah, I think so. Um, so we're just going to move into the final section now, um, which is, of course, one cool thing where each of us brings in uh, something that we've just been using or playing with in this past week that we think is particularly cool. So, Evan, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, my one is less of one cool thing, one uh, cheap thing that I quite like. Okay. Um, so these are the uh, Mixter. E8 um, noise cancelling, active noise cancelling headphones. Yep. Um, I've started using them for a couple of days. They're in cost £60, right? Um, and I've kind of reviewed, you know, Bose and, uh, you know, expensive mm. noise cancelling headphones before. Uh, but I wanted to, to kind of have a look at what, what what's, a, what's a cheaper version like. Um, and so far, I'm really pleasantly surprised. Okay, you know what? There's not a lot of metal, and uh, they're not going to win any any kind of design awards. Yeah. But the noise cancelling is pretty good. The audio um, is is decent um, uh, until you turn the noise cancelling on, and then it kind of gets a bit muddy. But you know, mm. they're, they're for sixty quid, 
Yeah. You can't get much better. And I think the thing I like about them is that like they they don't look they like now holding them they kind of they feel a little bit like light and maybe a little yeah. cheap. Um, but my problem often with like cheaper headphones is they like they look they look really gaudy. They've got yeah. like loads of like colour and stuff on them. And a lot of the time you just kind of want something that's just a bit like anonymous. And this this seems to do that really well. So if you look at the side there, it's just kind of all black. Um, and yeah, just yeah, looks it's, it's fairly got, sleek. It's got metal where it needs to have metal. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm, I haven't reviewed them fully yet. I need to do some more work. But first impressions. I think I think they're they're a bargain for sixty pounds. Uh, and just one more time, what's the name of those headphones? Mixter E8, and Mixter. they're over ears. So that's yeah. M I X C D E R. Yeah, E8. That is a weird way of spelling that, and that it does is. not travel well on a podcast. Um, so my cool thing this week, um, we have the Samsung Galaxy Tab S4, uh, which was announced just last week, yep. um, and we've got our uh, review uh, device in, so we're just in the process of reviewing that at the moment. Um, it is, of course, like Samsung's flagship Android device, Android tablet, sorry. Got the S Pen, which comes included with it. You'd have to pay extra for the keyboard cover, and just it it feels really nice. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a nice tablet, isn't it? it? It's a very nice tablet. Um, it's it's just kind of a shame that the biggest part of the tablet equation is kind of out of Samsung's hands with the app support. Yeah. Um, but I'll show you my favorite feature is essentially. So if you've got the screen off, you can press the button on the side of the S Pen, and then just make a note there which maybe is not playing uh, on the video that well. But basically, so if, you're, if you just suddenly find that you need to like quickly scribble down a note on your tablet, but it has, it's got a black screen, it's like in sleep mode, you can very quickly just grab, grab your S Pen and just do that. Um, so I, I had the, uh, the iPad from earlier this year, this is the 2018 one, the 9.7 inch screen. Uh, that of course comes with Apple Pencil support, doesn't include the Apple Pencil, optional accessory. Yep. I really wanted to use it to try and uh, replace my um, notepad. But what I found was that like I'd quickly need to make a note or something, and it was just a, a bit of a pain having to like wake it up, log in, find the notes app, open the notes app, start a new note. Whereas just having being able to quickly scribble something yeah. there, I really hope that Apple looks at that and just copies the hell yeah. out of it. Yeah, I really it's a really nice feature. Really nice feature. Um, so. That's about all we've got time for this week on Renew. So thank you so much for watching. Um, before we sign off, though, I just want to mention that we're going to do a special episode tomorrow because, of course, as you mentioned earlier, Samsung is finally unveiling the Note 9. So what we thought for you guys, we wouldn't do another episode where we just rehash the same rumors. We'll do a dedicated episode once we've seen everything Samsung has to show off, and we'll give you all of our first impressions of the device in advance of our full review, which will be coming later. Um, so if you're currently watching on YouTube, then don't forget to like and subscribe for more. And if you're listening to the podcast version, which will be released on Thursday, it's released on Thursdays, then give us a rating on iTunes if you're so inclined. We welcome both positive and negative feedback. So if you've got any comments or suggestions, then do let us know. So thank you so much again, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.